0: Lord God, thank you that you say happy birthday to people. <laughs> thank you that you love us, that we are your children. Thank you, Lord, that you care for us. And I know, Lord, there are, there are people here even today that are going through some of the toughest days of their life. And God, you know. And you're there with us and for us. And if we will ask, you will give us a portion of your strength. God, I look at this this list and these things that have been spoken today, and there are so many opportunities that you place in front of us, Lord. And yet they are still opportunities where we have to make a decision, yes or no. Yes, will I lead my family toward you. And part of that could be going to camp. It's difficult to go to camp, Lord, in some ways, especially for parents because it creates timing issues and it's expensive sometimes and you got to get your schedule worked out. And there's so many things to do in the summer. Lord, it, it it takes making a priority. God, would you help us? Would you help us by reminding us who you are? So that we can make our priorities the way that they they need to be. It is so easy to get tangled up in the everyday stuff of life. It is so easy to get busy. It is so easy to get down and feel defeated, depressed. God, I know that there there is much to that. But I know one part of it is to recognize and be reminded of who you are. You are God. Lord, I I pray for those that we love, grandparents who are going through a very difficult time, maybe the most difficult in their life. I pray that you would bring peace and calm. Lord, I ask that you would be with this family that has lost a three-year-old. Can't even imagine. Please be with that family, Lord. We thank you for protection. We thank you for uh, modern medicine that has given us opportunities for things like knee replacement surgeries. Pray that you'd be there with Donna this week and that you would guide the surgeons, surgeons. And Lord, that you would just make a way, make a way forward, God. Lord, we love you. We're excited about what you have for us, but the opportunities we have to join with you in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have been journeying through the Gospel of Luke. For those of you that haven't been here in a year, uh, we were actually in Luke the last time you were here. We've been in Luke for a while. Today we're going to do something different. So I've been trying to decide if... If I was um, just being a chicken or not. Because I've felt for quite a while, I mean maybe six weeks, I felt like I've known what I'm supposed to do on this Sunday. But I haven't, I didn't think it was right. I didn't think that I was hearing from God. And so I've been asking God to make sure, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Well, next week is Palm Sunday and um, I will not be here next week. We have an opportunity, well, um, we're going to Indiana to um, with Ryan for a pre-registration process for college. He's going to uh, Anderson University next fall, and it's uh, it's registration weekend next weekend, and so we're going to be there, and I will not be here. So I will not be part of Palm Sunday, which is a little strange, I guess, but I will be here for Resurrection Sunday. And so, next week is going to be something different. I mean, we'll celebrate Palm Sunday, but it's going to be a, there's going to be a testimony time next week. And I, I think that's going to be very rich. Pastor Sarah and Pastor Mike will be organizing and coordinating that. And so, today, as we have been in the Gospel of Luke for quite a while, and we are approaching Resurrection Sunday in two weeks, I've known that what God wants me to do this Sunday is just read. So I'm going to read. That's all I'm going to do. And I I feel like I'm not doing my job. <laughs> I felt like I've been asking God why, why shouldn't I like get some big sermon ready and and what I've felt is God say, I just want my people to hear just my words. So, if, if uh, you want to talk to the board of trustees and tell them I'm not doing my job, you can. <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm not. But that's what God's told me to do today. As we open up the Word, I'm going to read two chapters. Luke 22 and 23. We are going to look at the last two days of Jesus' life, and I am just going to read it. Heavenly Father, we need you to show us what you would have us to know in your word. God, This is going to have to be you. (laughs) All I'm going to do is read. Holy Spirit, I pray that this place would be filled with your presence. I pray that we would hear your word in a way that would go inside us that has never gone before. We invite you here, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, just to begin with, I want to go back to Luke chapter 1 before I start in Luke chapter 22. Now, Ramon, I want to remind you the reason why Luke wrote this book. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. As I read these two chapters today, I want you to listen for how Luke has woven together the story of Jesus' journey to the cross with eyewitness testimony. Luke has carefully arranged this account to make sure that we, the readers, would recognize that these events really did happen, and they really were witnessed, people really saw this. In other words, Luke makes sure that we know Jesus of Nazareth. He wants to make sure that we know Jesus the teacher, Jesus the miracle worker, Jesus the Messiah. This was the Jesus who really was falsely arrested, and he really was falsely executed. Luke chapter 22, picking up right where we left off last week. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, called the Passover, was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented. And watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly Desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, And broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Also, a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to go with you to prison and, and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. You will deny me three times that you even know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, see, Lord, here are two swords. That is enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual usual, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours, be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas? Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. He touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. (laughs) But this is your hour, when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled the fire in the middle of the courtyard... And had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy! Who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and teachers of the law met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Christ, they said, tell us! Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me, And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You are right in saying I am. Then they said, why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, we have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment to taxes to Caesar and claims to be Christ, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say. Jesus replied. Then Peter announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, He was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. And he said to them, you brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he's done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice, they cried out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time, he spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I found found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And... Their shouts prevailed. So, Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As they led him away, They seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience. To the commandment. Worship team, would you please play that last, the first song you played, but this will be our last song.